Hey everyone, and welcome to CommanderCast episode 491, where your weekly source of community strategy and technology hosts on our home site, CommanderCast.com. My name is Mark. And I'm Adam. Adam, uh, how does a round two of this recording sound? I mean, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good thing. We got like, I don't know, five, ten minutes into doing this, and I noticed that the, the levels were all cocked, and there's a bunch of shit going on, so... Yeah. Folks, we're gonna we're gonna do a, a little redo on this yeah. one right at right at the top. But then, you know what? You get a little peek behind the curtain. There you week. go. So of an otherwise um, non-spoilery week. So because we got spoilers incoming, probably by the time you guys hear this, uh, which should come out like in the teens of August. Um, yeah. To everybody out there, uh, I got some well wishes for uh, last week because I wasn't feeling so hot. I'm feeling much better now, so all that, that is good. That's why we missed last week. Um, yeah. So now everything should be all set, ready to go. We will uh, fervently await the Dominaria United. Yeah, that's right, because it sounds like yes. a football team. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, Dominaria United spoilers, other spoilers. I'm sure they'll release like five other sets between there so it's, we're all good <laughs> Possibly, yeah are we still getting secret layers do they like calm down secret layers or i mean i don't think that they've stopped making secret layers if that's your question <laughs> maybe we just stop paying attention to secret layers i know well remember they usually do like a release of them like like here's the ones that are coming out for the next like four to six months so yeah. like i think we're just not at the new cycle of when they're releasing them no oh, weirdly i did get my street fighter secret layer in the mail this week I did see someone else, like I was on Reddit and I saw that, that someone got it. So I was, I was assuming that you had. Yeah. Most exciting thing out of that, um, the lightning bolt version of, or the, sorry, the street fighter version of lightning bolt is a Hadouken. Ah, nice. Which makes a lot of sense, right? It does makes make a lot, lot of sense. sense. So also goes well with the Ryu and that. But anyway, ladies and gents, uh, we ain't talking about no secret layers this week. We're talking about uh, some random grab bag stuff. So community, we actually have like actual community news uh, for once, which, which will make a, I don't know, a red letter day for community segments. <laughs> yeah. In strategy, we're going to talk about some modern planeswalkers that are actually worth playing in EDH. Most of these focus on like the 4 or less CMC because like, let's be honest, like those are the ones you're going to play in EDH anyway. And some of the modern ones are pretty neat. Uh, and then technology, we're going to talk about cards from Legends, not Legends from Legends cards from the legends that are actually worth playing in 2022 because you know what we did the chronicles thing last week and we liked it so guess what yeah. we, we might keep doing that for a little bit it's fun yeah yeah so hopefully we won't bore you too much with that if you like old cards again just strap in but so we're getting there with that ladies and gents keep up with the conversation on the facebook and the twitter stick through a dumb interstitial for us and we will come back in community uh with some news Let's do right at the top. Uh, no spoilers, I don't think. Even though it follows. I mean, it's it's hard to with this. <laughs> it well, it's also like, can you spoil something? Which well, is that, essentially, that's what I mean, like it's hard to even have a spoiler. Like the story is from 20, 30 years ago. Like, yeah, and it's. I mean, who didn't think he was going to get out? I don't know. So anyway, right. we just watched Sandman because Sandman came yeah. out as of this recording yeah. came out like two days ago. I have only yeah. watched the first episode. Uh, yeah, and, and they and they did put out the full season on netflix so it is bingeable you know they, they to, did. Yeah. <laughs> thank goodness i i don't like that this is the modern nightmare where we have to decide what's a bingeable season what's not a bingeable season right i don't i don't like that at all but anyway um sir what did you think of sandman episode one so i'm i i have mixed emotions on it mm. 
I'm I'm very much trying to not be the compare everything to the comic book because it is it is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I, are hard. I have read I've read Sandman several times. Mm-hmm. I have listened to the audio production of Sandman and now <laughs> watching the TV of like like I'm fairly familiar with the story. Yep. Um, this one seems like it has more points of departure from the source material than I was expecting. I'm okay with that. It's fine. Uh, I know Neil Gaiman is, is involved and, and I do trust his storytelling and, and recrafting it to a certain extent. Um, there are facets of it that have an amazing aesthetic mm-hmm. and there are facets that don't. And all of the facets that do seem fantastic. I will say, like, you know, the, the guy who plays... I forgot the actor's name who plays Sandman. He's spot on. Um, yes. I, I love me a Charles Dance who plays Magus. Who yes. Just, I don't know, man. You just need to call up, like, an evil British guy. Like, Charles Dance is your man. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, And, like, all the other character actors, I think, are really good. The son was okay. Alex, it was, it was all right. I it guess. was okay. Yeah. I mean, these are kind of bit characters to begin with in the in the overall story, right? Like, right. Yeah. Like they they might play a, an over, an outsized role in episode one, but we ain't ever coming back there. So right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not overly worried about that. Yeah. You know, um, the the person that played Lucian was good. Yes, yeah, definitely like that actor. I was yeah. so so on, you know, the, I guess the biggest spoiler, which is that the Corinthian is playing a bigger role, which kind of makes sense. He's like the fan favorite big bad and I guess. I mean, I think I think they're crafting the Corinthian to be the big bad for season 1 mm-hmm. because like season 1 doesn't have a big bad really. Like like I mean, if you look through like what the story arc is going to cover, in in the Sandman, right? Which I assume is probably gonna be like the first collected edition or something like that. You know, the first six seven issues. Yeah, something like that. You know, I mean, we're going uh, to hell, right? So yes, for for the Helm quest. You yeah, know, so that that'll be interesting. Yeah, like we get. I assume that it's gonna end with we're getting all this stuff back together, and then there's confrontation with the Corinthian, probably. Yes, that's that's where I assume that is early. That is all early on in the in the books. So like that does make a hundred percent sense. But aesthetically, like there there are some things that look great, but I think everywhere where they derivated from the look of the comics seemed very meh to me. It did kind of look like he lived in Narnia at first, right? And I was like, eh, that doesn't. That doesn't seem spot on for dreams realm. Yeah. Also, there was a moment where he smiled. I had an issue with that. Yeah. And <laughs> they also added way too much color to his face in certain scenes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the endless whole thing, right? Being monochromatic. Right. And you're like, mm, I don't know. I don't think I really need the thing with the, the bird, either the raven. But I, I get why they put it in there. I felt like it was a little ham handed. So, yeah. It was okay. It was fine. I I was expecting more. The thing I like those first couple issues is you see like they check in every decade or so, and like every decade it's like slowly weirder and you know, and it it becomes more of like oh he's just a thing in the basement you know until the, right. he, he's eventually forgotten. Like there's that knowing wink at the very end, which I thought was a little weird, but 
eh, whatever. I mean, I thought it was a. It, how about this? I was mostly okay with it, and right. looking looking forward to episode two. How about that? So. Yeah. the The one thing that I'll say they they kind of like snuck in there that I appreciated, and I hope that it makes sense to everyone why some aesthetics changed is in the comics. They said that he was captured around the same time and Mm -hmm. he was captured for like 70 or 80 years, whatever it was in the comics. Yeah. And in this, they said he was captured for like 120 years. So like they clearly brought it to modern times. So that means like death isn't going to look like Susie Sue because (laughs) it was very like, I mean, it was made for that time frame. So like, some of the aesthetics have to change. Yes, I don't know. I'm like, I know, I understand. I know. Death I'm trying not to be slavishly fanboy about it, right? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be that neckbeard. I don't want to be that. Well, I don't want to be that either. But death is not going to look the same, and we all have to get over it because, like, it only made sense in the '80s for her to look that way, and it was a great look. It's amazing everything they did with the character designs. But L- listen, I've come to terms with the fact that that uh lucifer is not going to be david bowie i've come to terms with that or tilda swinton my 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 go would have been tilda swinton yeah i I guess if you have to go with like a i don't know it's your poor man's david bowie sure sure yeah we we got i mean look man you know i'm looking forward to what they do you know it's gonna be it's gonna be hard i'm gonna have to like grip something next to me the the inner fanboy is gonna come out a couple times but i know i know but i you know i'm gonna take a deep breath i'm gonna watch it and try and appreciate for what it is it's an adaptation it's funny yeah. because the audio, I think I said this when we were talking about the audio version, the audio version was almost slavishly uh, connected to the source material. Yes, it like, was. Like it was in, very, in certain parts like, where like it could have been updated and it wasn't. So it, it, it's weird for me to have like the opposite take now, but it, that's fine. I'll just leave it at like looking forward to seeing the rest of the season. And then I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. it more. So. Yeah. Volume two of the audio one went a little bit more off book. Okay. That, that's good. Again, adaptations. It, it, it had more of the like, like it didn't go into all of the little side stories. It kind of combined some of those so that like yeah, you didn't have to go into every single little travel that he went on through time. I know it's hard when when source material is adapted, right? Like I call this like the Tom Bombadil issue. Like, mm. am I sad that Tom Bombadil never makes any of the adaptations of Lord of the Rings? No, because that character's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, <laughs> so like yeah. you really don't need any of those, right? Like, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. You're like, mm, you could just skip over that chapter. You yep. can just do this. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I the, the easy cuts, you know, but the, the problem is like the easy cuts to me are not the easy cuts to whoever's making it. And then, eh. yeah, that's true. Yeah. But anyway, we will, we will get there. I am sure. So, um, let us, uh, wrap this up for now. We will definitely return to the Sandman community. In community this week, ladies and gents. Hey, Adam. Yes. Hey, we actually have like an actual community news segment to talk about this week. We do. It is something that is happening in the community. It, it is specifically something that's happening to the cast. Uh, so yes. not to bury the lead, but ladies and gents, even though we have loved doing this cast for a long time, uh, episode 500 is when we're going to bid a fond farewell to Commander Cast, and Adam and I are going to step down. So it's not that we don't love it. It's not that we haven't had a great time doing this for years and years. Um, but like, you know, all things end. And uh, we want to we wanna end on a high note for episode 500 
and uh, yeah. I I didn't want I specifically did not want to do the Andy thing of like dropping the mic at the very end of like episode 100 even though I love Andy to death but like that was like a oh my goodness like a literal like chest clutch right moment. kind of just a jolt yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. like I want to give people plenty of time for it and just let you know and then we're gonna spend these last 10 episodes like I don't know like playing the hits having fun and then go out on a high note that yeah that's our plan so yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, Mark and I were talking before before the show, and, and honestly, we've been talking about this for several months, you know, because we've we've kind of had a plan to to do that, just like when it was going to happen and things like that. And you know, I mean, we've been doing this for some number of years that neither of us remember at this point, where it's where it's been the two of us recording, mm-hmm. um, and you know having having never met mark in person i still feel like i i've developed you know a friendship over over the years his daughter wasn't even alive or a thought (laughs) at the time that we started doing this Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you know so um you know lives have changed It, it you know there there are some facets that have made things more difficult to do and you know i mean it's just i think it's just getting to time you know that that this is this is the right time for us to to do it. I hate to to be one more thing that like almost feels like it's coming out of like the residual pandemic effect. You know. Yeah, but I mean, listen, man. You know, we all we all lived through that and we did things. And then also on top of that, you know, along with lives changing, like I think we have kind of said what we need to say about yeah that's commander. true you know like yeah. th- there are finite amounts of topics even you know every week you know we look through and like hey we're going to talk about this week um oh we talked about that before oh we did that like 100 episodes ago oh right. we definitely have talked about this at some point you know what i mean like it's not infinite the amount of content even though apparently it's infinite the amount of sets that we get um <laughs> that's true a- and after a while it does become like old men shouting at the sky like yeah prices the things aren't as good as they used to be and like i don't want to be that like i i still have a lot of love for the game i still enjoy it i want to stop before i get crotchety and like start phoning it in um no i had uh when we had done this originally i still think there is a a a really good quote uh to bring it back to sandman that neil gaiman said about the end of his run on there because they ended at 75 and he said in a 96 interview could i have done another five issues of sandman well damn right and would i be able to look myself in the mirror happily no it is time to stop because i've reached the end and yes i think i'd rather leave while i'm in love that's it yep so yeah i mean all all well-told stories do have an end to them (laughs) I think we probably complain more about the ones that don't. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I would rather stick the landing, Adam. Right, exactly, exactly. Then then try and keep coming back, you know, do the American sitcom problem of uh, one more season, one more season. So Right, exactly. Know. I mean, ladies and gents, there's only so many times I can, uh, you know, raise Adam's salary on this cast. So I know, I know. And it's, look, I appreciate what you've done. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's not tenable anymore. <laughs> I understand. I mean, like, I've been doubling the zero for years now. Right, and, like, right. after a while, you're just like, wow, yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, you got to do the math on your end and uh, doesn't always work out. So, 
Ladies and gents, uh, we love you all. It's been a, a lot of fun here. We're going to have a lot of fun for these last 10 episodes. So yeah. just want to make sure everybody knows ahead of time. And, uh, you know, w- we've still got 10 episodes. Jesus. you know, I'm still- just saying, we're probably going to go back to some old hits in that <laughs> if we don't mention banding and flanking and mirage block, I'll be really surprised. I, I mean, I think we will have done a disservice to all of our listeners at that point. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so anyway, ladies and gents, uh, that is the big news. Oh, thanks, Windows Security. Screw you for popping in my, say, my heartfelt moment. Screw you, you <laughs> stupid notification. Anyway, Windows Defender is very sad that we're ending, too. So uh, on that note, ladies and gents, uh, let us move on to the strategy. We'll talk about actual cards because we're like a half hour into this cast and we have yet to talk about actual magic cards. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, stick with us through Dumb Interstitial. We'll come back in strategy with modern planeswalkers that are actually worth playing in EDH. Interstitial numero duo. Uh, Adam. Yes. We like us a chess. We like a like yeah. us a, a turn-based video game, right? Absolutely. Uh Shotgun King, the final checkmate, um, by a developer called Punk Cake, which I think is is that is, that is cute as well. Yeah, al- I didn't along even notice with, that. Yeah, uh, along with like just being the perfect name, I think also like rounds out all the things we talk about on this in- interstitial, like video games and punk right. music and food. Um, but anyway, Shotgun Cake, uh, Shotgun King, the final checkmate, is uh, a strategy game, kind of like playing chess. It is a roguelike in that you are the the king of one side, so it's still like chess and chess moves, right? Uh, but like the the, I guess the developers like envision the the game as like a a, a fantasy setting where all the the white king's pieces are on one side and the black king's pieces, you know, they have their little kingdoms and all the the black king's pieces have deserted him because he's a tyrant. Um, so all he has left after all his pieces have gone on the other side is a shotgun, and he is he is gunning for him. He's all out of bubble gum and he's coming back. Um, so you get, you get your dumb little king with a shotgun and you have to hop around the little board. They don't throw all the pieces at you all at once, but you do have to eventually go through, you know, like climbing levels of difficulty as you go through and have to like take out the other pieces literally with a shotgun and try and play you a little chess along the way. And along the way you get like a couple of little extra moves here. Like you initially you can only move like a king can. Um, but then you can get like little cards to move like other pieces. You get other little doodads or, you know extra little like how to refill your shotgun etc you know it gets some little perks along the way um it is a dumb fun game that is like stupid cheap and it's yeah. on steam and you should check it out yeah it's five five six bucks somewhere around there yeah like somewhere in the middle weirdly like 539 i think is right on. right <laughs> so i mean i guess if you really want to like wait for that sale go for it but uh this is this is a dumb game that is a lot of fun you could run it on a toaster uh, and it is absolutely worth your time. So if you have been hunting for a good chess game, because I think, you know, not to bury the lead here, I think uh, Shotgun King's probably the best chess game of all time. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I, mean, Which look- is, I mean, honestly, that's a high bar because I grew <laughs> up playing battle chess. Battle chess and- was very good. I loved Battle Chess. <laughs> I, I have a, a sweet spot in my heart for, I think it was the Sega CD version of Star Wars chess. Oh, interesting. Where okay. you can you can watch like, 
characters murder each other in small cutscenes when you take them. Oh wow! Which is weird. That that's a little odd, you know. But I mean, hey yeah, man, yeah. look, you want to see R two D two take down Darth Vader? I'm just saying, check out those check out those cutscenes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but no, this looks like a really interesting, <laughs> yet <laughs> strange game. Yes, I uh, ho- look forward to the day when this is available on uh, Switch or something else besides PC. Even though it's Again, you can play it on. I don't care. My my thirteen year old laptop easily plays this, so I I don't know that you need to worry about the specs on Shotgun right, King. Right, right. So give it a shot if you're in in the mood for done fun chess game. Yeah, strategy. In strategy this week, ladies and gents. Hey, Adam. Yo. I know that I usually typically even forget that it's a card type, but other people like them planeswalkers. A lot of people like them planeswalkers. A lot of people like them planeswalkers. I might be on an island of my own in that, like, forgetting to use planeswalkers is a thing I often do. Uh, you know, I'm not super proud of that, but it's a, it, it's a thing. I, I kind of forget. I um, mean, I think that it is divisive to some extent not i mean that i think that overplays it but like i think there are the people who build the super friends decks mm-hmm. and then there are is everybody else and i don't think the everybody else do play a lot of planeswalkers to be honest there's a couple notable ones like yeah if you're playing something that it's just super on theme like you're playing the werewolves deck and there's not a whole lot of flip things anyway yeah. yeah, Arlen Cord probably goes in there and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but unless I'm doing something like you know, I don't. I have most of the versions, most of the old versions of Elspeth in like Soldier Tribal for obvious right. reasons. Those sorts of things. So if, yeah, if it goes along with a theme, maybe. But I don't typically put these in there unless they're amazing. However, yeah, there have yeah. been, uh, if not amazing, some really good recent additions to the Planeswalker. Um, Planeswalker gang. I think we have a gang of Planeswalkers. What do, what do we call them in War of the Spark? Planeswalker team? I don't know. I feel like it needs a unique name similar to like geese. Like, like this needs to be like a gaggle or a pod or a, you know. A murder? A murder. A murder. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Something. Okay. Well, whatever. We'll have to, I guess a we'll clutch. have to wait. <laughs> a clutch of Planeswalkers. Actually, it's not bad because sometimes Planeswalkers can be clutch. So. Uh, anyway, ladies and gents, um, the the criteria that we put forth here is, um, I don't know, just prior to the pandemic, so like 2019 and up, and four mana or less. And I think that, that nabs most of the Planeswalkers you would want to play. Now, I'm not saying everything that pops up on this list uh, or on this search is worth playing. So that's why we kind of narrowed it down a little bit. Yeah. So uh, let us kind of like cherry pick and choose as we go along here. My first pick for this would be Calix Destiny's Hand, which is from, I don't know, Theros Revisited? Whatever the mm-hmm. Theros something is. Uh, two Carlos, a green and a white. If you plus one him, oh, sorry, he comes in at four loyalty. So he's four mana for four loyalty. Uh, his, yeah. his plus one is look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal an enchantment card from among them. Put that card into your hand. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. His minus three is exile target 
creature or enchantment you don't control until target enchantment you control leaves the battlefield, which is my favorite part of this card. Yeah, kind of like O-Ring's a thing. It turns any enchantment you have into an O-Ring. Yeah, like it's not until Calyx leaves, right? Because that right. would make sense. We've seen that before. It's you're just like, okay, I pick this thing until this right. thing leaves, you know? Which, I mean, clearly you're playing this in Enchantress anyway. Like you pick the most yeah. protected one, fine. And then uh, his ultimate is minus seven return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Eh. I mean, look, if if all you have I mean, that's is... Very good. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, his plus one is like a scry, put it into your hand. Pretty good for enchantments. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Which, which you're going to have a surfeit of if you're playing an enchantress deck in Zelesnia. Yeah. And his minus three is create an O-ring. Like, that's pretty good. You know, it's just like basic Yeah, it draws value. cards, it protects itself, and its ultimate potentially could win the game. Sure. Yes, this is a good card. Yeah. Good card is good. I mean, it's yeah. niche, right? But like, good card is good. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like this is yeah. Don't don't just slide <laughs> this into your rando Selesnya deck. Like that's mm -hmm, not a mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, but you know, aside from that, good card is good. Yeah. Uh, next one. I feel like you got like the best one on this list. I mean, I look, I think oh, the coolest one on this list. This. Like, yeah. You know, so, uh, Dakin Shadow Slayer is a white, a blue, and a black for a zero loyalty planeswalker, but. He has the ability that says Dakin enters the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters on him equal to the number of lands you control. So at minimum, theoretically, you know, if you played this on turn three, because it's a three mana walker, you get a three mana walker for with three loyalty. Mm -hmm. Not bad. Yeah. If you play it late game, it's just got all of the loyalty, basically. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, So it's got plus one, surveil two. Nice. Um, minus three exile target creature, just exile target creature. Yep. And minus six, you may put an artifact card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield. Mm. Uh, this, I think the biggest problem with this card is it feels like it doesn't have a lot of internal synergy. Yeah, it is doing like three completely different opposite things. Yeah, like um, I, the only the only thing that I'll give it is like the surveil, and it's minus six. Both have to do with graveyard, so like you can you can play around with that a little bit. Yeah, it's weird but, that he's like the best surveil planeswalker. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe the um, only one, but but he's also a planeswalker that probably comes in like like can probably just minus six and stick around a lot of a lot of times, <laughs> which is great. It's true, it's true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I. I think he's he's very interesting. I don't know exactly what deck this goes in, uh, but it's possible that this even goes in like Sharoom, right? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you're playing around with stuff. Uh, you're playing artifacts, yards. You know, like that's. Listen, whenever we go back to Ravnica again, like return to return to coming back to Ravnica, and we get another round of surveil, yeah. Um, then I think it's gonna be really good. Although I say that, like I think we got we got some other surveil stuff in other sets, like randomly. I think it was in the in the other things, like the Modern Horizons and stuff like that. The Modern Horizons. <laughs> yeah. Did Did you look it up on the Google? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but when we I'm, get like, I'm gonna need you to drive that one home a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whenever we go back to surveil, I still feel like surveil is a mechanic that's going to be good. 
Yeah. Like, you know, we got one in New Copenhagen. I, mean, I don't think it's bad even as is. It, it's, no, it doesn't we're, have all we're light on it, just like we were in the early days of Scry, but yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, man, I'm still looking for an excuse to play Doom Whisperer. You know, you pay to yeah. pay to life surveil too. Like that thing's a dope ass card. I mean, that is a very good card. But anyway, uh, Dak and Shadow Slayer, pretty cool. Next one. All right. Uh, I see your Dakin. I see what you're doing with your graveyards. What if you just had a lot of bugs all over you? And you did oh, stuff in the graveyard. That's interesting. So, what if you were uh, grist for the mill, the self mill, perhaps? Grist the hunger tide, one colorless. Uh, black and a green. Uh, Grist comes in with three loyalty counters. Uh, Grist is maybe my favorite in this list because it's super weird, and I love mm-hmm. me a super weird, because as long as Grist Hunger Tide isn't on the battlefield, it's a 1-1 one, one insect creature in addition to its other types, um, which I just love. That's so fucking yeah, weird. Yeah, I, like, I, I think I'm we love this sure when it came like, out. why that's super useful, <laughs> but... Um, it, it's like sure you know it was one of those I think that was like super expensive in Modern Horizons 2 when it first got printed and now it's like a fiver so right. I, I, you know it's not going to break the bank it's just super weird anyway it has three abilities it's plus one is create a 1-1 one, one black and green insect creature token then mill a card if an insect card was milled this way put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat this process mm. uh, it's minus two is you may sack a creature when you do destroy a creature planeswalker it's minus five as each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. That is, that that's just good. All of these things are good. That's why I yeah. do all these things. Yeah, I like this card in general. I mean, like, I see where it's trying to go with the whole, like, insect tribal thing. I don't think it's getting there. Like, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But if you if you just take out that facet of it altogether, that like Grist is an insect and you can repeat the process if, you know, it, you milled an insect, just ignore all of that. Like, first one is creating a token and milling a card. Great. Exactly what you want to be doing in self-mill. You're protecting this thing and you're milling. Uh, sacking a creature, so feeding your graveyard to destroy another creature. Good. And then... Uh, each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. All right. This, I think, is not as good as as people might think that it is on the surface because I have tried to win by that, whatever that card is, with 20 creature cards in your graveyard. Mortal Kombat? Yeah. And that is harder to do than people think it is. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, once people know that you have Mortal Kombat in it, and it's probably because you're like, I don't know, you're probably doing the me thing of like, Dude, I got Mortal Kombat in this deck. I'm like letting everyone know. <laughs> because it's hard not to, man. Because it means, yeah, yeah. come on, man. Fucking Mortal. If you win with Mortal Kombat, that is like life achievement unlocked there. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I could probably like learn another language and travel Broadway, but fuck it, man. I know I could fucking get the Mortal Kombat win. And I will one of these days. So are you saying that my new goal is, should just be to build the decks where. All I have is decks built around alternate win conditions because I haven't actually built all of them yet. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't built around that yet. I mean, I have done the Mortal Kombat one. I haven't done all of them, but yeah. I've done the what's the green one where if you have twenty Epic more creatures. Struggle. Yeah, I think I've 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 done I've definitely done that. So uh but anyway, no, I I like this card quite a bit. And at three mana, it's it's very good. I will say the one thing that I dislike about the art is how, like, you know how the art bleeds from the border sometimes? Mm-hmm. Like, why there's one random locust that's between the word tied and the, the mana cost. <laughs> like, yeah. just one. It's just fully right there. Like, just... Mm-hmm. 
They're just like, hey, man, you know, I'm just going to yeah. fly. In case you forgot, we're talking about bugs. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, I mean, and it's under five bucks for this card. So, like, definitely, I, I, I think it's definitely worth playing. Cool cards, cool. Yeah. Next one. This one is Kato Shizuki. It is one, a blue, and a black for a three, uh, three loyalty planeswalker. At the beginning of your end step, if Kato Shizuki entered the battlefield this turn, he phases out. I feel stupid right now, and like I don't like, and I'm not absorbing why that's the case. But anyway, I mean, I guess to protect him for one turn, but it, right? Because when he phases back in. He mm -hmm. hasn't entered. He just phased back in, right? Well, I mean, that's good. You wouldn't... I, I mean... That you don't would want him to phase infinite, back right? out every turn. Yeah, that's not going to happen, so... Right, okay. I mean, anyway. I, I, I guess... I mean, yeah, he's not, that part's weird to me. Uh, listen, you can draw two cards. You can definitely at least draw two cards off him. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, you can plus one uh, to draw a card, then discard a card unless you've attacked this turn. Mm -hmm. I like that quite a bit. A loot, or if you attacked, then you just draw. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, neg two, create a one-one blue ninja creature token with this creature. With with this creature can't be blocked. Also, mm -hmm. great. I mean, we're clearly in the ninja deck, right? Like you're yeah, playing like, this in the ninja deck. Mm -hmm, yeah, in the same way that like Calyx, you're playing in the Enchantress deck, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. This is just a uh, more then, narrow slice. Yeah, and then minus seven, you get an emblem with whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, search your library for a blue or black creature card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. It's good stuff. I mean... It is good stuff. I'm going to stop going crazy over this because I like this card, but I don't think this card is as good as I, I make it out to be in my mind. Sure. So realistically, right? Like this comes in, I would yeah. probably create the blue ninja... Yeah. Because you're in the ninja deck. Yeah. And then he phases out. The next time he comes back around, he's obviously protected. You're going to get to draw a card because then you've got the ninja who can't be blocked. Correct. And then and you're probably ninjutsuing, hopefully. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. But you might not have any blockers or whatever, or someone might just go after Kaito. I don't really understand why someone would prioritize going after Kaito, but whatever, if they do. I, I agree with you, yeah. So if all you get is the one ninja, one one that can't be blocked, and draw a card, I think this dude has done enough for three mana. For three mana, I agree with you. And I yeah. think that it will, in most cases, probably do a bit more than that for you. Yeah. Maybe an extra couple of loots or draw cards, but like, mm -hmm. I think that this is a perfectly solid card. I would be happy to play this in the ninja deck I don't, I don't really think that it goes many other places i'm not saying that there's no other scenarios for it but um i mean i think the only other place it goes is like the rogues deck <laughs> like well no i mean because look the the plus one is good whenever right like you just have to be in a deck where you're attacking yeah so like, i don't know an equipment deck like an unblockable creature wears equipment like it's going out of style right so oh, that's true that that's a yeah. thing that you could do yeah. and like these are good colors if you want to do like esper equipment or something like that right like he has slightly more variation than just ninjas even though he's probably best in a ninja deck right um, correct but yeah man i don't know good card's good he's, yeah he's like six bucks so yeah yeah not too bad maybe maybe throw another 30 cents if you want that ninja token yeah um yeah again good card good 
I'm looking forward to putting this in. I haven't played my ninja deck in a while, even though I think it's because I haven't picked up anything still from Neon Dynasty. And I'm just like, I, mm. I need to, but eh. well, yeah. need, need is a complicated word there. The need's doing a lot of work. <laughs> it's, in sense. it's a very, I'm, just say, I'm considering strongly picking up the things. But right. Anyway. Got it. Uh, next one. All right. Remember when M21 was a thing? God, that's yeah. like years ago, but it's literally only like two years ago. Yeah. To fairy master of time used to be like the master of this freaking set. Uh, he has two Carlos and two blue. You may activate loyalty abilities of Teferi Master of Time on any player's turn. Anytime you can cast an instant, he comes in with three loyalty. His mm-hmm. plus one is draw a card, then discard a card. Mm-hmm. His minus three is target creature you don't control, phases out. And then his minus ten is take two extra turns after this one. This is good. I'm still... I See, I'm still not that, like... I don't know. I mean, I think he's just really good because you can just activate him on every turn. Well, I mean, I think, yes. I think that that is, is really all that it is. The, the instant speed, like, phasing somebody's thing out or you can you can loot in every single turn. I mean, honestly, it's just, what, the best self-mill card ever? He's pretty good, man. I mean, if you're just looting with this dude. Right, like, you loot on everybody's turn. Yeah, that's, like, just a really good loot. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's weird to, like... I don't know I, I remember when this thing was like crazy expensive and every everyone was losing their mind over it. Maybe it's really good in like standard. I think it shines in EDH because obviously right. you get a couple more players to loot on their turns. I don't know why this guy is scary exactly. I mean, he comes in if you just use him for the phase out, right? He's going to die immediately. Right. So presumably you would loot on your turn then phase out on someone else's turn, like whoever's attacking him. So he does yeah. protect himself. Right? Yeah. 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 It's neat. I don't know, man. Neat card's neat. I I still want to find a place for him. So Yeah. I guess uh he's better at probably filling up your graveyard than Grist is, which is weird. <laughs> but eh. <laughs> yeah. next one. Uh next one is Tyvar Kell. Uh, I, I feel like we like we had to have talked about this card, but like I feel like we didn't talk about it enough. Like this is just this, yeah. this card is insane. Yeah, this is so good in Golgari Elves. So good. Yeah. Uh so Tyvar Kell is is two green green. Uh it has four abilities. It's a three mana or three loyalty planeswalker. First ability is elves you control have tap to add black. That already is very good. Uh, because you can even turn your elves that don't make mana into mana-making elves. Oh, yeah. That's a nuts. Uh, and then you get a plus one, which is put a plus one, plus one counter on up to one target elf, untap it. It gains death touch until end of turn. So we even have to camp out on that for a second. Like, So I think they worded everything about this perfectly. You potentially make an elf bigger, but it's up to one target elf, so you can still plus one it without having to have a target. Right. It untaps it, mm-hmm. and we know that it's an elf, so it can tap for a black mana, so it potentially ramps you. Mm-hmm. It untaps it, so you can have already attacked with it or tapped it for mana previously, and it gains death touch, so it's a perfect blocker, so that Tyvar stays safe. Mm-hmm. So just that ability alone is pretty good. I mean, this guy pairs so... Just that plus one ability pairs so well with Marwin the Nurturer. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, oh my god, man. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, I know this is not this is not any kind of insightful, but like you, like he's so good in Elf's deck, like so. Oh yeah, good. yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. so rare that like I, I don't like Kaito Shizuki is like good in a ninja's deck, right? Right. And like like Kato is good in an Enchantress deck, but like this guy is so good, like over the top yes. good. Like you should prioritize killing this guy because he will literally put you over the top if he stays out for more than two or three turns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you're gonna yeah. have again just the plus one. You're gonna have Priest of Titanias. You're gonna have right. the Marwins. You're gonna have the Elvish Arch Druids. Like you're gonna have all these crazy elves that tap for bananas mana. Right, and they just get better and bigger. And the, right. like, just to have a create a token for a minus or a zero, oh, just oh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and so so zero ability it creates a one one elf. Whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's zero. So who cares? That's great. Yeah. Uh, and then it's minus six is pretty insane. You get an emblem where whenever you cast an elf spell, it gains haste until end of turn, and you draw two cards. <laughs> so bananas! Like you're just like someone played this card and they're like. The ultimate should just be to to grease the wheels of Elf Ball even more. Like, right. I mean, like, literally, it amazing. gains haste. If, if you have a whole bunch of the one-mana elves, then they just feed into each other and chain and go off at this point. Yeah. Like, like Tyvar, wow. Tyvar Kell is probably the best Planeswalker on this list. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna say he's like slept on because if you're just doing green black elves, like you should just have you Tyvar probably play this card. You, yeah. yeah, like we're not saying anything that's that's special or incredible. Like there's no insight coming in in the segment about Tyvar Kell. I'm just yeah. camping out on him because he's amazing. Yeah, three dollars by the way. Yeah, exactly. And like best card on this list, I I think hands down, like one of the best planeswalkers ever printed in my top five or best planeswalkers of all time. So in the, like a card that that fuels a strategy. And like is actually really useful in your deck. Not something you really have to worry about. I mean, yeah, you got to worry about protecting, but you're you got elves, you got blockers for days. So and because the alphabet always upholds our hype, mm-hmm. the next one has to be better. <laughs> I mean, I do. We did really like this when it came out. It's true. The only thing I don't like is the little mace obscuring half of the title. I was just thinking the exact same thing. I was, like, I was like, why can't I fully read the the name of this? Yeah, so I don't like stupid. in like every version. There's yeah, the, even know, in this even in the special version. Like, what are we doing here? I don't, uh, Zariel, Archduke of Avernus. Um, really good out of uh, the first. I was about to say OG. Uh, uh, Forgotten Realms. That's, yeah, Adventures that, in Forgotten Realms. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Zeriel, Archduke of Avernus, two colorless and two red. Legendary Planeswalker Zeriel comes in at four loyalty counters. Again, four mana, four loyalty. Good. Uh, yeah. Plus one is creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, and gain haste until end of turn. I, f- I fucking love that just immediately. Yep. Like, so good. Uh, also has a zero create a token ability. Like, Zero create a one one red devil creature token when when this creature dies it deals one damage to any target, and it's minus six as you get an emblem with at the end of your first combat phase on your turn untap target creature you control after this phase there's an additional combat phase. Adam, this is like doing all the things I want. Yeah, I mean it like this feels very red without doing direct damage or or a lot of direct damage. There is a little bit in there, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like first of all. There aren't that many planeswalkers that give your team haste. Yeah, the and team that's very good. So Being good. able to team haste every turn by upping this thing is pretty good. 
like so good, man. I don't know. Like uh, th- this makes maybe the best goblin uh planeswalker. I think it I think it might be. Yeah, maybe, yeah. You know, like gives your team haste, makes a thing. I mean, I guess if you're doing devils, rock on, but like who cares? The the the, the devil token is nice, but like if you're just doing like mono red tokens, which I have a I think a couple mono red token decks. Um like this really like this card. I don't yeah. even see anybody really attacking it. Like it does do a great thing, but like plus one plus oh in haste. I yeah. don't know that anyone's gonna prioritize this, but even if they do, like big deal, you've already got the alpha strike in. So Right. I don't know, man. Good card's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and ladies and gents. Um, the next segment we have, well, not next segment, mini segment, I guess. So like, yeah. the, we generally agreed that the sweet spot for planeswalkers is four mana and less. Like, three mana is really good, but you still get a lot of really good stuff at four mana. Like we just poured all the sugar over Zerial and Tyvus. However, those aren't the only really good ones that have come out in the last few years. So even though these are a little expensive. We still think these are worth playing, so we have a little honorary mention segment. Uh, Adam, can you give us our first honorary mention here? Yeah, so first one is Lolf, Spider Queen. Uh, it is three black black for a four loyalty planeswalker. Uh, it says, whenever a creature you control dies, put a loyalty counter on Lolf, Spider Queen. I am already in. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah. So uh, good. It has three other abilities, a zero that says, draw a card, you lose one life. Okay, so like so far, I'm getting loyalty counters on it for all the things, and I can just draw cards all I want for zero mm-hmm. loyalty. Magic, Got it. Magic boners rising. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, minus three, create two, two, one black spider creature tokens with menace and reach. Mm. And then minus eight, you get an emblem with... Whenever an opponent is dealt da- dealt combat damage by one or more creatures you control, if that player lost less than eight life this turn, they lose life equal to the difference. So basically, whenever you hit somebody with a small thing, they automatically take eight. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that the, the alt... I'm very met on everything else about the card is really great. Like I like that we've got like a spider planeswalker, you know, because the spider's deck is generally pretty weak. Um, yeah, pretty anemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it makes two spiders with menace and reach. I think that's a pretty decent rate for a minus three. It's got pretty heavy card draw. It's very easy to increase its loyalty, especially if you're just using those spiders for, you know, you use those spiders for blockers. They both die. And really, you protected your walker and you only went down one loyalty. Like, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like this card quite a bit. This card is just amazing any kind of Grave Pact effect. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. A, a, or, you know, or Aristocrats or anything else. Right, like, right. I play in, like, a, um, a Shire deck. And it's, uh-huh. it's so good in that fucking deck. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my yeah. God, it's so fucking good in that deck. Um, it, it, Like, just incidentally getting up to stupid amounts of loyalty. Like, stupid amounts. You know what also I want? Th- this is dumb, but this is what I want to pair it with. You know that new equipment uh, that you attach to? It's like sort of something Giada or 
so, I don't know the 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 sword you attach to planeswalkers, and then their power becomes equal to their um their loyalty. I can't remember the name of that sword because it's new. But Adam, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that and Loth. Like she carries that sword like a champ. Like yeah, oh, yeah. And again, that's like just probably like a dumb reason to do it. Like you really do it for like the zero and the and, and the spiders and everything else. Like oh god, so good, so good. Yeah. Not nearly as good, but still draws cards. Um, <laughs> this is a dumb fun. I just like this. I just like this fucking card. I don't really. Know. I don't. It's probably not even worth playing. People are probably making fun of me for this. This is a less than two dollar card. Morden Canaan. It's four colorless and two blue. Legendary Planeswalker comes in at five loyalty. Uh, his plus two is draw two cards and put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library. So, I, I guess just draw two, draw one, kinda. But eh, mm-hmm. you're probably putting a land there, so who cares? Yeah. Uh, minus two is create a blue dog illusion creature token with this creature's power and toughness are each equal to twice the number of cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. And I should explain, I play this in my dumb Elegith deck, which is just drawing all the cards. Um, so it's like a stupid big dog. Like the dog right. is usually around the twenty twenty. Like I can't get happier in my life than having a gigantic dog on my on my board. And is minus ten is exchange your hand in the library, then shuffle. You get an emblem with you have no maximum hand size. I love. I I, I just love the the wording of it. exchange your hand in library. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go. Uh, yeah, this is a dumb fun card. Um, yeah. I don't think it's good like it's good to me so like that should put some heavy caveats on it for everybody listening to this um but it's... i want to play this in the blue morrow deck <laughs> i mean listen man like just having a gigantic dog like you just have like the right. biggest dog you have the biggest good boy on on the That's battlefield true. so That's i don't true. know what what else do you want people you know uh and then last one adam bring us home with this one yeah last one is tevis Tevish Sot is what I'm going with. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. Uh, Doom of Fools. It is four and a black for a four loyalty walker. Um, I'll actually read the last ability. Uh, it can be your commander and it has partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's plus two is create two zero one black thrall creature tokens. Uh which I particularly like with. <laughs> okay, hold on. I have to. I have to bring up a card real quick. <laughs> I know um, exactly which one you're bringing up. Yep. Yep. I do. I just want to make sure that it does what I think it does. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. I like if you play Soul Exchange. Oh. Okay. You. I was going for a different one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which says that you have to sa- you have to exile a creature you control. Uh, to it, it's only two black to bring a card back from graveyard to battlefield, but it gives it plus two plus two if you exile a thrill. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so uh, that's cool. Uh, and then uh, it has a plus one of you may sacrifice another creature or planeswalker if you do draw two cards, then draw another card if the sacrifice permanent was a commander. Uh, this still says just sack a creature, draw two cards, and this ticks up one like that's insane. Yeah, it's bananas. Yeah. Uh, and then it's minus 10 is gain control of all commanders, put all commanders from the command zone onto the battlefield under your control. Um, I know. Good. Yeah, I know we're not supposed to judge by like 
you know, ultimates. But that is a that is the ultimate of all ultimates. It's a it's a good ultimate. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh yeah, Tevish that's nuts. Last time I saw this dude I was telling you before the cast was in a, a CDH deck. Yeah. Which blew my mind a little bit, but like Yes. Yeah. Like good card's good, man. Just, yeah. Yeah. And if it's good enough for CDH, like you should probably strongly think about putting in a, a deck somewhere. It's also yeah. a lot cheaper than it used to be. Like I know this card used to be stupid expensive, but it's like six bucks now. So yeah. that's the, the other really good thing about this is that like I don't know if I don't know if you can say that planeswalkers haven't been holding their value because that seems like douchey capitalist to me to say. But sure. like, like really good planeswalkers have been very affordable lately, right? Agreed. Like, Agreed. I wouldn't yeah. mind dropping six bucks on this guy. No, I think six bucks is is reasonable. And a lot of the ones that we've talked about have been under three dollars. So like, yeah, I I think that that's probably where they should live. Um, yeah, I, I like. I like that quite a bit. And yeah, I was not talking about Eben Prater, but you definitely play Eben Prater with this as well. Oh, see, I thought you were going to talk about Endrixar, but you know. Oh, uh, Endrixar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, man, when people say Thrall, I think Endrixar. So. That's fair. That's fair. That's, That's a very fair. good card. It's yeah. probably one of the best cards that say Thrall on them. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, really small pool for that. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I do have to say, the only one of these that I think is pricey obnixilis from new capenna is like 12 bucks and then the wandering emperor which technically falls in this category because the four mana planeswalker that thing's like 26 bucks really i think that might because it's still in standard and she does she also does the you can activate loyalty abilities anytime you cast an instant uh, at, at certain points you know it's uh, only for your so you turn can, like constantly tick up your dudes or, or honestly just down tick it three times in a row yeah but she's got flash too so you could flash in on an opponent's turn and then use her abilities on your opponent's turn you make know make a 2-2 two -two, then make a 2-2 two -two, then make a 2-2 two -two, or just make a 2-2 two -two and then exile like, yeah, yeah yeah so like you know for four I, I could see that yeah yeah I don't think it's amazing in EDH but maybe it's great in other formats so right right know. maybe it's like lighten up the brawl scene I don't know I don't even want to Anyway, ladies and gents, if you have your other candidates for Planeswalkers, modern Planeswalkers that are actually worth playing in EDH, let us know in the comments. Uh, with that, we're going to mosey on through a dumb interstitial getting technology with cards from Legends that are still worth playing in 2022 and won't break your wallet. All right, sir. Uh, you want a quickie for an interstitial? Yeah, sure. I might have bought 10 deluxe volumes of Berserk this week. That does not sound super expensive. Uh, it wasn't It wasn't exactly cheap. Um, <laughs> I, I may have gotten into it. So, like, Berserk, people have seen the manga out there. I'm not a huge manga yeah, fan. Yeah. I mean, although I do really like Akira. I like Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind. There's, there's oh, a few, yeah. Like, I mean, there's some standouts, of course. Yeah. Right. You know, so, like, I feel in my old age, I, I have the right to be selective about what I'm picking up here and there. Yeah. Um, and like, long story short, you know, a bunch of my students this year, this year more than others, maybe it's because the pandemic like drove people to manga, um, have been bugging me to read Berserk. And I'm like, all right. So I picked up a digital copy of the first trade paperback. There's like 41 trade paperbacks. Right. 
And I'm like, all right, this is pretty good. You know, I, I might read some more. And uh, Amazon does the thing where Amazon does like sneaky comic book sales and like book sales right. sometimes. So like I, you know, I had said I got the Nausicaa version for like 80% off or something crazy. Like sometimes it just comes up on crazy sales. So like the right. deluxe, yeah. nice like faux leather hardcover of Berserk volume one, which collects the first, I don't know, three trade paperbacks or something. Sure. Uh, okay. It was like 20 bucks. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty good. You know, it was like 25, I think. That's not bad. Shipping. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll I'll pick that up. And like, by the time I got to the end of the first volume, I'm like, I'm gonna collect all of these. Uh, this is really good. Um, it's it, it it reminds me. I was telling Adam before the cast. It reminds me most of like, and I, this was weird to me, but of like old Conan stories. So yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> you know, like I I I don't think like it's not thematically similar. You know, like. Conan's doing other weird stuff, but also, like, all right, lone swordsman who really... He doesn't have any magic powers, right? He just has, like, gigantic sword and relies on his own just endurance and, like, will to continue fighting. Right. Uh, it's very Conan to me, and he's also up against, like, weird demons and crazy shit, and, you know... Um, and it is, like, more anime-ish than that. Like, you know, he has, like, a little elf fairy sidekick, you know? Who, right. <laughs> with him and stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's very... That's very anime-ish. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm not. I'm not always down with this. But then it goes in a, it goes in a different direction, and like, terrible things happen along the way. And I was not expecting any of it. And I'm like, wow, this this is really much better than I thought it was going to be. And it came out in like '89. You know, like this thing has yeah. been going on for years and years. Sadly, the creator just passed last year. I think very unexpectedly at like oh. early '50s. Uh, so I think, but I mean, at that point, you know like any other manga studio, like, you know, there are teams of people who have been working on this for many right. years. You know, there are 41 different trade paperbacks. There are like 13, I think, deluxe versions of this. And the 13th one goes right up to the very end. So I think they're probably going to either continue or, or end it, you know, wrap it up pretty soon. So I like the idea of having a nice, concise, eventually wrapped up story. Think like Akira, right? But also yeah. has amazing art, like the action really sells it. It, I mean, it just cranks, man. You just read this thing like it's, you know, like hundreds of pages go by and you don't even notice it. Like you just get right. gross in the story and the art is so good and like to the point where it's like so detailed. I'm like, how did this come out on a weekly schedule? How did this happen? Oh, I know. Oh, the, any any of these guys who who do that like weekly, like you know, the shonen stuff. You're just how like I, I don't know how they yeah do that. like katsuhiro otomo i i don't understand like, like oh yeah exactly nuts yeah you know? and, and so anyway i mean uh berserk kentaro miura created an amazing thing i am so late to the, the bus on this so late <laughs> um, right but not that you need me to tell you that berserk is amazing but if you have liked i don't know just video games like dark fantasy video games in the last 30 years probably owe yourself a berserk read so right even right. if you don't pick up the deluxe volumes go pick you up some berserk hey if you want to spend way too much money on another thing 140 dollars for 16 volume dragon ball set Ooh. i mean i own the the paperback copy of akira's and i i, I mean i have all the akira's yeah, yeah i don't have a box set of them i have i have the the paperback like the thick six volume set yeah same thing but i'm like oh man that that nice I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like, that one's really hard to justify because I'm like, I'm literally looking at it on my shelf right now. Yeah. I'm like, it's not hardcover though. <laughs> <sighs> Shit, I gotta stop talking about this before I buy more stuff. 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, technology. In technology this week, ladies and gents. Hey, Adam. Yo. Hey, Adam, remember uh, that time we, we did that Chronicles segment? Yeah, it was about, a while ago. Yeah, it was, it was like like seven days Three ago, man. Ago yeah. yeah. It's, uh, how about we do the same thing, but Legends this time? All right, great. Okay, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that, and that was all of the uh, preparation work that went into this. Ladies yeah. And that was yeah. the, the, the end-all and be-all of this. The only thing we're going to say is, yes, there are many things in Chronicles that were also in Legends. We're going to avoid talking about those things so no repeats here but there are a lot of really good stuff that did not end up in chronicles or might have ended up in in other sets or might not have that are still worth playing in 2022 which hopefully will not break the bank i think 19 dollars is the most expensive card on this list i think we have gone out of our way to make sure none of this stuff is on the reserve list i think yeah um and none of it is crazy expensive it a lot of it is just good like before we have put the gimmies off to one side like you don't need us to tell you that land tax some of those are more expensive yeah land tax manager and sylvan library you know some of the best cards ever printed in their colors uh those are like off to the side like yes we acknowledge those are amazing but that doesn't quite fit the weird criteria we have set here Uh, yeah and also those will 100% break your wallet so don't do that no. So let us start off here with cards that are actually worth playing in 2022 with a card I actually do play in 2022. Nice. Um, Arborea, which whenever I see this card, I immediately think of Flash Gordon, the 80s movie. Interesting. Because of Arborea, man. You know, Whenever little... I see this card, I think it's Living Lands. Yeah. Whenever I see the art, I can get that. Yeah, that's true. But uh, Arborea is a, a world enchantment. It's a two Carlos and two green. Very simple. Uh, creatures can't attack a player unless that player casts a spell or put a non-token permanent onto the battlefield during their last turn. I I usually don't like pillow fort effects, but like yeah. this is this is amazing in Selvala, um, because I'm just drawing cards and right. just like tapping these. And I'm like, no, don't attack me. Yeah. It's an interesting. It's interesting that like it's symmetrical because I I think if if a similar card were printed in more recent times that it would not be. Yeah, well, that's power creep for you, right? Right. But this is also very powerful, right? Like, you oh, just it is yeah, absolutely straight up can't attack. Like, right? Not getting through. Just like, nope, you, nope, it ain't happening. So, yep. Good card. Good. This is the expensive one. This is like nineteen bucks because it's yeah, never been put it, put it in Angus McKenzie and never look back. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Next one. Next one is avoid fate. Uh, some Phil Folio art there. Uh, mm. Avoid Fate is one green for an instant that says counter target instant or aura spell that targets a permanent you control. Mm. Another oldie but a goodie. Yeah, so like the counter spell in green? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, I think nowadays, uh, what's the one that gives everything hexproof? I think that kind of ate this lunch. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, It gives yeah. your whole team this. But, like, I still like Avoid Fate, probably for the lols. You know, I think I Yeah, play- it's cute to to just throw out there. I mean, counter-target instant that targets a permanent you control, like, that's probably going to counter any removal spell that somebody uses. Yeah. And, th- I mean, thank God it's aura spell, too. I mean, you don't want those auras <laughs> right. going on your permanents. That's, uh... Well, you got to watch out for those people who are trying to, uh... Trying to play... Oh, God, what is that? Darksteel Mutation? Guy. 
No, no. <laughs> you're uh you're what's it called guy. Oh, Calix? Oh god, this is horrible. What are we doing? The, the one from Legends. They oh. tap to destroy enchanted creature. Ramsey's Overdark. Ramsey's Overdark. There we go. That took a this while. That's yeah, a, that, yeah. That was so, a man moment. Play your avoid fate, and then you don't have to worry about Ramsey's Overdark. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Next one. All right. This might be the true standout from Legends. So yeah, I'm actually surprised you skipped right over Cosmic Horror, but we we will. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, we talk about Cosmic Horror. I yeah. I don't know that even in my wildest dreams, I can make the case for playing. No, that you're not actually playing that card. Yeah, you're not actually playing, it, but you might actually be playing Darkness. Uh, yes. Darkness is one black. It is the fog in black. Yeah. Prevent all combat damage we dealt this turn. Uh, both, $15. Yeah, both versions of this are expensive. Uh, it does have unfortunate Harold McNeil art. Again, decent art, bad artist. Um, but I don't know. I mean, uh, if you can splurge a little for the time spiral, time shifted version, which is like 15. Like, I mean, nobody ever sees the darkness coming. It is, it is a great, like, out of nowhere hit. Um, it's still worth playing, man. So there's too many music jokes because you said nobody sees darkness company coming, and I I immediately thought like thing called love that that song was, <laughs> from, from darkness. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and the other thing was I was like, why is the flavor text not dash imprisoning me? All that I see, absolute horror. Oh God, yeah. We are trapped in a web of our own um of yeah. our own references here. So. Yeah. No, I love darkness though. I mean, in all seriousness, like this, this was one of those like sneaky cards that even because I like I played back during Legends, but like even five years removed from Legends, I you know fog became so ubiquitous to to just a green effect mm-hmm. that I or synonymous with a green effect that like I would play this like five years outside of legends and people were like, what, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And you will still get that exact same reaction today. So. Right. Absolutely. Well, and the, the word soup that's on there to just basically say it's a fog, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, I wonder why we didn't get like an updated version of this in the time spiral remastered set. Right. Like it's updated the verbiage. No, no, no. I, I mean, like, what if it was in oh, time the spiral? New, new one. Yeah, oh, like the I, new, new yeah. time spiral. I don't know. The time re spiraling. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, next one. Uh, yeah, next one is Energy Tap, which is one blue for a sorcery that says target untapped creature you control becomes tapped, add an amount of colorless mana equal to target creature's casting cost to your mana pool. So. Well, I, I read like the verbatim, but anyway, <laughs> right. it adds wingdings equal to a uh, untapped creatures mana value and then taps that creature. It's a sorcery speed. This is just an interesting ramp. I mean, I think that this is something that I would have liked to see because we see early on a few weird blue ramp things that they tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then instead of like refining it into something, we just got well, blue doesn't really ramp. You know, like, yeah, right. Like, or like blue ramps in crazy broken ways, like Talarian Academy, you know, like, right, exactly. Well, yeah. But I mean, I think that this is a very reasonable type effect that they could have kind of gone off of like, yeah, okay. So blue occasionally has these really beastie creatures. And so if you get one out and you want to cast another one, then you kind of have to exhaust one to, you know, like 
I, I think it's a it's a neat effect that again is something unexpected. Uh, it's the same reason why I play that weird uh, Benthic Explorer card. You know, like yeah. it ramps in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like this specifically, obviously for artifact builds. You know, yeah. But but also, I mean, I don't know. Can I say without feeling like I need to take a shower that like this is great in Rasputin Dreamweaver? <laughs> it is. It's great in Rasputin Dreamweaver. It's also really good in Memnarch too, because you're. Yeah. All, I mean, you're a terrible person anyway, because you're playing Memnarch, right? I mean, so. true, but yeah, you're getting the seven mana to to then fuel. Yeah. Memnarch. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, whatever. Maybe take a shower after both of those, but uh, yeah, energy tap still still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, next one. Oh man. Yeah, I've been looking go. for an excuse to play these cards. Dude, I am same. I have tried to play this card <laughs> since I had a copy of it, and it like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and like, look, if you like the art, you know, you can you can get the Chronicles version, or I prefer the fifth edition where they, <laughs> or the Alan Rabinowitz, which is yeah, like the disembodied arms. We didn't even say what it what the card is. Yeah. Yet. Okay, so Gauntlets of Chaos. I should probably yeah. read the card, right? So Gauntlets of Chaos is a five mana artifact. Back in the day when, like, artifacts were all, like, five mana and above. Like, just crazy yeah. freaking expensive. Uh, you may pay five to sacrifice Gauntlets of Chaos, exchange control of target artifact creature or land you control, and target permanent and opponent controls that shares one of those types with it. If those permanents are exchanged, this way destroy all auras attached to them. Yeah. So, like, what is this best in, like, Zedru? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's a, it's like a permanent exchange thing, you know. For ten, for ten yeah. mana. Right, and it was early <laughs> on, so obviously people didn't, you know, uh, why it stuck around for 5th edition, I can't answer. Um, the best part about this art to me, because I never noticed it until literally today, is, can we look at the arms that are going into those gauntlets? Yeah. Like, those are some jacked up chunks of meat. <laughs> Listen, man, you know, I also like the fact you can't tell if the, the gauntlets are disembodied or if there's like someone actually grabbing them i I prefer to think they're disembodied arms right no i mean in the original one those have chunks of meat sticking out of them those are those are gauntlets that somebody's yes but you can't tell in the listen in fifth edition i think they are meant to be disembodied i think so too i don't know i like them i also like the weird happy mountain in the background too like yeah alan you didn't need to put that in there but i appreciate it man you know well you gotta have some kind of background or you're just rob lifefield yeah. Well, or you know, you're you're Dan Frazier and you got some gr- like purple squiggles. Right. Um, I mean, what, you know, pick your poison, people. All right. Next one is is one of my favorites, honestly, and like probably one of the best cards in the set, which is greed. Yeah. Uh, greed is three and a black for an enchantment. You can pay a black and two life to draw a card. Um, you can still get a copy of this for cents, like twenty five cents. Yeah. Um, and it is absolutely worth playing in almost every black deck in my opinion i mean listen don't pay the 90 dollars for legends but do at least get like consider getting the fourth or sixth edition so you get the dude just chomping on the money the filfolio art yeah because that yeah. is definitely the best version of this i i mean i yeah. like the new art too the new art's okay but it's not filfolio chomping on the money like, yeah the new art is all right but he's like He's coughing up money. That doesn't say greed to me. Eating money seems, <laughs> says greed to me. Yeah. Well, and like look, the the best part about the art is that he's eating a pile of money, and then there's a shiny coin off to the side that he's kind of side eyeing. Like I want that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There <laughs> has to be like 
I want, I so want an alter of this, which is just Scrooge McDuck diving into money, right? Oh, yeah. Like, talk yeah. about perfect. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Greed. Excellent card. Excellent card. Yeah. <sighs> Next one. Um. All right. So this is a yeah, dumb. Tell, tell me about this card. This is a dumb card that I love, and I love both the editions of the art. I don't think I can choose. Like the ninth edition version is like a nineties. I didn't even realize that was reprinted in ninth edition. Yeah, the ninth edition is like a Cannibal Corpse cover, and yeah, this one. Horror, I love the original art. The, the the original horror of horrors art, the Mark Tedden art. Like, I swear, I had a copy of like I don't know, like a like an HP Lovecraft mini anthology that had this art on it at some point. But like, that's this what is this like is. like a Geiger, like biomechanical nightmare. Oh, really? I totally get like horror from outer space vibes from this. Like Interesting. Color yeah. out of space junk. But anyway, horror of horrors. Um, in addition to being one of the most metal names in magic. Yeah. Three colorless, two blacks an enchantment has a really weird, but cool ability. So you can sack a swamp to regenerate target black creature. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I think it's overcosted everywhere. Like regenerating a, a black creature shouldn't cost oh, sacrificing a swamp, <laughs> and it costs five mana just to put this thing out. If mm -hmm. this costs like one mana, like because it reminds me of like a Strands of Night kind of thing, right? Like, yes, yeah, Strands you of Night to... is way better. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Way like, better. <laughs> yeah. Like this is just. In early, like, oh, God, are you really doing it? I mean, let's put it this way. <laughs> it costs under 25 cents. Or even if you want the original from Legends, it costs $5. <laughs> like, it's not a high, you know. <laughs> yeah. $5 Legends card, man. Yeah. Which, listen, yeah, we're, we're not saying it's amazing here, people. We're just saying, like, you could play it and not feel all the way terrible about yourself. Yeah, so. that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Next one. Uh, next one is, yes, one of my early favorites, uh, Killer Bees. Killer Bees. Yeah. Um, for your Wu-Tang themed deck. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you've got Killer Bees, which is one, a green and a green for a creature insect with flying. It's a zero one, and you can pay a green to give it plus one, plus one until end of turn. So it's a, a shade in green, basically. Yeah, shade in green with evasion. I thought yeah. this card was crazy overpowered when I was playing in the nineties. I'm like, oh god, I thought this was like this was an <laughs> auto including green decks for me. It was so good. I'm like, oh my god, you can just pump this every turn. Oh right, you can just make this bit, and it's always flying, and I'm in green, so I have more <laughs> mana than everybody. Like, yeah. the yeah. only downside was you know you were playing them hurricane effects back in the day. So yeah, that's true. That was killer bees ate a hurricane once or twice. Yeah. Um, but listen, you know that that's the price you pay. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you gotta throw your your boys out there. I also I just dig the art. I love the fact they never change the art. It's just yeah. always the stupid bee with the sword and the shield. I know. I know. It's so good. So good. Anyway, uh, next one. All right. If you want to enrage people slowly at your table, play. Also, your never change the art for this, by the way. Yeah, I mean, listen, sometimes, you know, you hit on the classic and you stick with it. Kismet is three colors and a white. Uh, it's just an enchantment. Artifact creatures and lands your opponent's control into the battlefield tapped. This is, like, sneaky powerful. Yeah. Um, this can, like, ruin some players' days. You know, your boy who was playing that Zerial deck who want all your creatures to have haste. Well, it doesn't matter now. Yeah. So, 
I mean, I play this type of effect less these days only because I think it's kind of powered leveled out. Like, I will play Urobrask, which kind of does this, but a whole lot more, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is a it is a victim of power creep, but at the same time, it isn't white. This is back yeah. when white had more weird balancey stasis effects. Right. Um, it's neat. Again, like, not super powerful, but I think it's still one of those, like, you can set somebody's game back by, yeah. by playing this. It kind of and they've stapled this on a couple creatures these days too. So yeah, I think the version that I used to play was like the Loxodon, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, Same. um, which doesn't quite do all of these things, but also what's that like? Oh, that wicked cheaper enchantment that that uh, that does it, but also gains you life. Um, has extort. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, like blind obedience or something, or yes, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so exactly. yeah, you've got better versions of this, but if you wanted like a fourth or fifth copy of this effect, this would be right. the worst thing. Ever. Yeah. So, uh, next one. Next one is <laughs> the art on this. Just cracked me up. Yeah, the Einstein card. Everybody knows yeah. the Einstein card. Yeah, it literally has Albert Einstein on it, but. Uh, presence of the master is three and a white for an enchantment that says whenever a player casts an enchantment spell, counter it. Uh, I don't know if you have an enchantress player in your group, but if you do, this is a great way to piss them off. <laughs> yep. Again, like this is back when white did these things, right? I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, I miss that, but I kind of enjoy going back for weird versions of this sometimes. Right. So like there's Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say like there's a there's a weird two mana white one out of a mirage. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Like counters an artifact or enchantment spell. Yeah, you know it's like an instant. And like yep. this one, I'm like, look, you could go for the Einstein art, which is probably the right way to go. But the Urza Saga version of this is 29 cents. And I was just about to say like this is this is where the art snob in me gets me because there is zero chance I buy the 29 cent version. I spend 23 dollars for this one. It's you know it is only twenty three bucks. You it is iconic. Mm, yeah, you probably do have to. I, I right. You know it's it's you know what a hundred times the price. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. But sometimes you got to splurge, man. You know, look, look. If you play yeah. Presence of the Master, I'm not gonna fault you for playing Presence of the Master. I might fault you for playing the wrong art of Presence. Yeah, of the Master. exactly. This is what I'm saying. This yeah. is what I'm saying. These things are important, people. This is what we learned. Uh, next one, a card I do actually legit like, and it got this one. You can just go with the reprint art; it's fine. Um, yeah, that's fair. Reincarnation, one colorless and two green. Uh, it's an instant. Choose target creature. When that creature dies this turn, return a creature card from its owner's graveyard to the battlefield under the control of that creature's owner. That's a a, a whole lot of a whole lot of words that say basically reanimate, you know? Yeah. This is like the just a solid, you know, I mean, if you have, especially if you have something that like sacks itself kind of thing. Yeah. Like this is great in like Carador where you're filling your yard anyway, which I think is right. where I play it. But like, there's tons of like weird little spots where you could put this in. Um, Absolutely. Self mill is obviously the best version of this. So like self mill and some like token sub theme. But I mean, it's even good if you're just like, here, I'm going to sack my tribe elder. But before I do that, I'm going to reincarnate something like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Good card. Good. Yeah. I I love this card. This is a really good card. And yeah, the original is 10 bucks. But yeah, you can spend 50 cents on on 
a reprint of it. So yeah, probably one of the best reprints in Commander 2013. That's a yep. that's a sentence we don't often say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next. I'm gonna one. I'm gonna tastefully skip over Serpent Generator, even though it's one of my favorite cards. <laughs> I listen. If we had an honorable mention for this, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I get you. Uh, but we got it. We got to go for uh, another. Uh, old yeah, so, so time elemental. God, such a dumb Ooh, weird. Look at that Amy Weber art. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. we could camp out on that for a long time. Yeah, time elemental is two and a blue for a zero two elemental. It has wings, but it does not have flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, when time elemental attacks or blocks at the end of combat, sacrifice it, and it deals five damage to you. Yeah. So it's a zero to the can attack or block unless you want to take five damage. Okay. Really important. Yeah. That is what we have paid three mana for so far. Mm-hmm. Now, you can pay two blue, blue, tap it, and return target permanent that isn't enchanted to its owner's hand. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I still like this thing. It is It is power creeped out so much, but... There are very few cards that have good recurrable boomerang effects because this is permanent. Like you can do this to people's lands. You can, you know, um, so it is just a straight up boomerang on a stick. It is horribly expensive from a mana cost perspective. Um, but, you know, it, it yeah. does a thing that not many things do. I mean, look, the real secret is like if you want this effect, you play Temporal Adept which is three mana right. and its ability is three mana. It doesn't have the, the dumb claws and then you can just return any permanent. Who cares if it's enchanted? Yeah. So yeah, like I get it, but if you want like the hipster points, right? The hipster points only come with the Amy Weber time elemental. Okay. That's true. I'm just saying, and like, you know, I get it. It's 40 bucks. Take a Sharpie and get, get yourself a fourth edition and then just call yeah. it the original. It's fine. No one's going to look too hard at it because it's awful to look at and ugly. Yeah. So it's fine. The next one, by the way, is one that I can't tell you how many copies of this card. I, I'm pretty sure they were in every single pack of fourth edition. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I at least have like two of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Visions is one white. It's such a weird card. Uh, yeah. It's a sorcery. Look at the top five cards of target player's library. You may then have that player shuffle that library. Yep. Um. Okay. It's white. Yep, is, just look at them. Don't do anything with them. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah. You, you don't get to draw. No, the best this is, the best this ever gets is you know I don't know messing up somebody's carefully laid plans on top of their library. Best this ever gets, right? But just neat, you know. Or like, yeah. Hey, you don't have to have them shuffle. Like now you just know what's going on with their deck. Yeah. I really don't have a use case for this card. <laughs> like, yeah. I really don't. But I like this card quite a bit. Yeah. And I don't know why. I even like the art. So, That's okay. You can like it. Yeah, I don't know. Some, sometimes you just like things you like. You know, you can't you can't put a you can't quantify all of these. No, no. I'm um, kind of like the next card. The next card. <laughs> the next card is exactly that. I love this card. Yeah, it makes no like, sense. Yeah. When they started making the slits that were basically like color shifted versions of this, I was very yes. excited for no reason. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Whirling Dervish, green, green for a 1-1 human monk. Did you know that? (laughs) That part, yeah, that was a little new. Yeah, Because it was originally Summon Dervish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
it has protection from black. At the beginning of each end step, if Whirling Dervish dealt damage to an opponent this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. I I cannot explain to you. There, There is no world where I can explain to you, one, why I like this card, and two, how good this card actually was. Yeah, this card really was very good back in the day. Like, Pro Black was no joke, and like yes. getting bigger. There were so few creatures that got bigger every turn. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, this was in two world championship decks. Like for for reference, it's very, like, it's very true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the same player, but still, I mean, like this this was good enough to be in a world championship. Like yep. it legitimately was a good card. Yeah, um, I would say. I mean, does your brain go to the same spot? Like turn this into a Timmy somehow? Like some artifact that that makes you deal damage and then you can kind of like untap it every turn that's where that's where i go i think i would just like oh yeah yeah yeah. You know, well, I, I liked it, doing that with like sangir vampire and stuff yeah well i mean again like come on man you know it's yeah yeah I, I think nowadays i would play a whirling dervish before a sangir vampire oh it's got pro black it does he's two sangir's yeah. five I mean, comes out on turn two. Yep. Dark ritual, dark ritual. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to make sure that Singer Vampire is really five because I will feel bad. It is five. It is okay. I was just making it's sure. Three oh, black my... black for four four. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, that thing got reprinted in Jumpstart like just recently. Really? That's wow. a common. I hope. No, it was an uncommon. Yeah. I mean, that's not the worst, but yeah. yeah I guess whatever. It's a thing. Anyway. Uh, next one and last one for this. Yeah. Um, this one actually is a legit good card. So, uh, Winds of Change is one red. It's a sorcery. Each player shuffles the cards from their hand into their library, then draws that many cards. Look, hey man, you know, let let's be honest. You're not gonna spend or splurge for a Wheel of Fortune, right? It's not. Right. Gonna, it's not gonna happen. It's, you yeah. either Wheel of Fortune is one of those cards you either have it or you're never gonna have it anymore, or you proxy it. Right? Is it that much? It's disgusting. So, um, but Winds of Change is one mana less. It's the sorcery speed. Okay, whatever. But still does the same thing. If you're playing the you know the roulette decks, if you're if you want the wheel effects, like this is a very good one. Um, it's pricey even in the the other versions. I mean, the cheapest version is the. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that Winds of Change was like ten bucks. Yeah, Winds of Change is even dumb. I. <laughs> Like I think I own the fourth edition, which is like twelve bucks. That sounds like yeah, I probably own the fourth or fifth edition, which yeah, is but, unfortunate if I own the fifth edition. Know, but. but even the the portal version is like the best art. The portal ver- the Adam Rex yeah. art is very good. Yeah, I have a strange love for the fifth edition art, which is the cheapest and dumbest. Um, yeah, <laughs> but because it's it's just like a just a weather vane but like a pegasus on a weather vane yeah but red yeah it's and it's very yeah it's very weird <laughs> it's very weird but whatever man i mean winds of change good card good yeah get, get to them wheel effects so. all right um that is it ladies and gents from cards of the legends that are actually worth playing 2022 again we could have done serpent generator but we spared you we could have made the case for the mana batteries but that's just not true we would have been lying to you we yeah had our podcasting license revoked i damn near put wall of shadows on this list and i, I was gonna dare adam to tell me otherwise but i didn't <laughs> so i want you to know people there's an awful lot of restraint that went into this list um 
And uh, yeah, we we understand that like, you know, we we missed the Underworld Dreams. I don't think we really need to tell you. I think people forget that Underworld Dreams even came out in Legends. Yeah. So I don't think there's a few other ones that we kind of overlooked like that. But if for some reason we had other ones that either weren't in our Chronicles discussion or that we overlooked or are called Stang, because we kind of we want to talk about Stang. We always kind of want to talk about Stang. Always want to talk about Stang, Stang, But anyway, uh, let us know in the comments. With that, we're going to mosey on through an outro and get out of here this week. So, yeah. Alrighty, sir. No spoilers, because I still haven't seen it. How is Thor? Yeah, Love no and- spoilers. Yeah, how is Thor: Love and Thunder? I think that Thor: Love and Thunder was exactly what people should have expected to happen at this point in MCU. Um, okay, that doesn't sound it, good. That doesn't sound good. It so um, Christian Bale was good, very good. That's good. Um, I think that the direction in the script was really the problem and it's because we're, we're trying to make Uber genre Hmm. there. You cannot have emotional impact or, or true humor. If you're constantly flipping between what you, you like, it's trying to be, and I, I don't think this is a spoiler at all. It's trying to be, an action movie, a love story, a comedy, uh, slapstick comedy, and like all of these things at the same time, and a drama at the same time, and a little bit horror-y. Like, hmm. and it just doesn't work. Oh. You know, like, is it bad, bad, like unwatchable? No, I mean, it's fine. Like, you know, and and there's there's some very good parts in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um like some very good scenes and like, you know, stuff like that. And it, it does develop the characters in like positive directions. Like you, you see like the next steps for this character or that character and growth and things like that, which are all, you know, what you want to see in character development. Um, but the way there is like a bumpy car ride, you know, where you're like crashing into your siblings. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not enjoyable to get there, but it doesn't leave you in a bad place it, kind of thing. What the heck was that? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was you, and then I was like, yes. <laughs> what would you like to say? Oh, all right. Well, I don't know. Apparently apparently the God of Thunder would like to interject here. So Yeah. Uh, that was weird. All right. Yeah, like it was trying to be way too cutesy and like and goofy. Like and and again, like it's not the acting's fault because like Chris Hemsworth does a good job being that goofy person. Yeah. But it's just not the movie for it. Mm. Right. I mean, that makes me sad because I love me a, a Taika Waititi. And I, I I really want to see what that dude does um, with those characters. And I, I love, I mean, I love Thor Ragnarok so much. I, I, I was worried that anything was going to be a come down, but it sounds like even, even adjusting for that, even adjusting expectations, I should, uh, maybe readjust them down a little further. Yeah. Mm. And then like, I don't know if 
I don't think this is a spoiler at all, but like, I don't think that they were directly paid for it, but Axl Rose owes these people money. <laughs> or or okay. like, Other like way around. No, for revitalizing his career. Like there is oh. so much G and R like in this thing. It's ridiculous. Huh? Okay. Uh, like, and not just in the soundtrack, but like references to throughout the movie. too. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. I do have to say, even though, even though the, maybe the movie's qualities have not hold up, the soundtrack choices for Marvel movies still chef's kiss, right? Pretty much across the board. So at least they're doing that well. Well, and so so my wife and I saw it last night, and we and, and her comment on it was actually like very like very well put because she said she was like, yeah, but I feel the same way about Ragnarok, and I was like, okay, expand upon that. And she was like. There was a good movie in Ragnarok, and then Hella was there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, that's a good point." There's a Taika Waititi movie in in Ragnarok, and it's all the funny nonsense and stuff like that. And then we have Hella off mm-hmm. to the doing a thing. This movie very much feels the same, except for gore is more grim than Hella, and everything else is more goofy than Ragnarok. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So it's more of a split between those two is, is really where it comes to. All right. Well, that is unfortunate, but obviously I will still watch this. God, I'm like I don't know, five movies deep on my Marvel need to watch list. So Yeah, but I mean, the word need is, is becoming looser and looser. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, thank you for uh, delivering that, uh, I guess, necessary but unfortunate message about Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing I know about that movie uh, is that McDonald's loves the shit out of it because every time my kid gets a Happy Meal, she comes home with more Thor love and thunder crap. Nice. So, nice. I don't know. Outro. Well, ladies and gents, we have come to the end of another episode, and that is it for this week. Adam, uh, we have we have done the thing. We talked about the old cards, and we talked about some of the new cards. And then, uh, yeah, we talked about other things. We did. We we did those things, yes. I think the only thing we didn't talk about was food this week. Um, Yeah, no food this week. Uh, I don't remember when the next sandwich day is. It's coming up in the next couple weeks, though. Yeah, this almost made it interstitial. My wife and uh, kid went to an artisanal cookie shop Ah. in our town this week. Um, And let me tell you, man, those cookies, like, size of my head. Those are large large cookies. Uh, And also, like, baked on demand. Like, oh. baked right. You sit there and wait. Like, oh, this is what you want your cookie? Okay, we'll, we'll bake it for you right now. Oh, nice. Um, I haven't been to donut shops like that before. Uh, I've never seen that in a cookie shop. Um, delectable, as you would say. All I, right. I, I, I like that um, certain confections have just become all the decadent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I'm waiting for like a little pie shop's going to bake it on demand for you around here. Oh, that would be good. That would be pretty good. Yeah. Um, Adam, if people want to reach out to you and uh, ask you, let's see, I don't know, what your favorite on-demand dessert is. If you could push a button right now and have something pop into your lap, what would it be? Apple pie. Let it be so, says the gods of the internet. Also, if uh, people want to hit you up, where can they hit you up? Uh, Yeah, you can hit me up uh, on Twitter, at Squire9999. And if you want to blast out to the whole cast, commandercast at gmail.com or on the Twitters, at commandercast. And be sure to check out our CommanderCast Facebook page. 
And a big thanks to everyone here at the Commander Cast Network. We will see you next week with more community strategy and technology. But until then, let's get it. <laughs>